Megan Trainer is literally mother right now. I am your mother. You listen to me. Stop all that mansplaining. No one's listening. Tell me who gave you the permission to speak. I am your mother. You listen to me. Okay. So today is about the mothers. And it will be an amazing talk. I'll talk about the things my grandmother and my mom did with me. My troubles, the weapons I got, and the time that I thought I could talk back to my grandma. And when not face a consequence. Also, me being an only child and so, quote unquote, a spoiled kid. So, let's go ahead and listen to our songs and I'll be back gonna get interesting from here I never had my hand up and asked for something free I got proud I could roll up for miles in front of me I don't need your help and I don't need sympathy need you to lower the bar for me. I know I'm super warm. I know I'm strong. I know I've got this cause I've had it all along. I'm phenomenal and I'm enough. I don't need you to tell me who to be. Turn water 
I hung around with the thugs, and even though they sold drugs, they showed a young brother love. I moved out, started really hanging. I needed money of my own, so I started slanging. I ain't guilty, cause even though I sell rocks, it feels good putting money in your mailbox. I love paying rent when the rent's too. I hope you got the diamond necklace that I sent to you. Cause when I was low, you was dead for me. You never left me alone because you cared for me. And I can see you coming home after work late. You're in the kitchen trying to fix us a hot plate. Just working with the scraps she was giving. And mama made miracles every Thanksgiving. But now the road got rough, you're alone. You're trying to raise two bad kids on your own. And there's no way I can pay you back. But my plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. so far but let's go ahead and get into what this show is about the mothers so growing up I'm I'm not gonna say that I had a bad childhood I had an amazing childhood my mom provided everything that I needed if I said I wanted I got it there were times where it was a no train you can't have that but other than that I never really I'm not gonna say I never really got told no because I did get told no. I did get told no. I got told no a lot, a lot of times. And it was about like pretty much the most simplest things. But I mean, what more could I do? Yell at my mom and be like, no, you're going to give me this? No. I learned that in life, we cannot always get what we want. And my mother and my grandmother taught me that. We're going to get into talk to my, talking about my grandma first. My grandmother was a single mother. Um, she was a single mom. 
of four kids. My three uncles and my mom. My grandmother did everything that she could to provide for her kids. I later learned like stories that my mom would tell me, like how my grandma used to substitute teach at their school, and like how she had an education in um, uh, she had an was it criminal justice? No, it wasn't criminal. Not criminal justice. It was um, dang it. She had a degree in education, and my grandma was big on education. Anytime that she could, which I mean, I was always at her house, so it was always a Trini, you need to get your education, you need to get through school, you need to make something of yourself. Education is important. My mom would tell me, Education is important. My, gr- my mother's motto to me was, Well, mantra, have you want to say it? Was failure is not a what And I'll always say option She was like exactly Failure is not an option So don't you make it one And it was always that If I got a bad grade on my report card It was always failure is not an option So don't you make it one And I'm not going to say that I always made it one Like if I saw a bad grade on my report card Because I knew that I could do a lot better I would get upset But that wasn't until I got you know older Until I got into middle school And my mom had to tell me Hey, you're not going to always, you know, do this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, I can do better. I know I can do better. There's no possible way that I could just fail this. But back to my grandma. Because, I mean, she was a single mother of four kids. Um, She did everything that she could to provide for my mom and her brothers. Did my grandma always have everything together? No. Um, they did follow some hard times. They couldn't always get everything that they wanted. They weren't all cool and hip and with everybody else and they got bullied. Because their clothes didn't look the way the other kids' clothes looked. Because their shoes weren't name brand. So, my mom vowed that whenever she had kids, well, a kid, whatever, that she would make sure that they never know what struggle is, never know what it's like to miss a meal, never know what it's like to not have. And so when my mom ended up pregnant with me, that's basically what she did. I never missed a meal. I always had any and everything that I wanted. I, but the thing about it was, I was never into name brand. I'm still not into name brand. Somebody can give me a Louis Vuitton bag today or tomorrow, and I'll just look at you and I'll say, thank you. Thank you very much. I probably wouldn't wear it. I probably wouldn't do that because, I mean, I I grew up, name brand isn't everything. Um, Just having it and just spending your money just because you have it isn't is not the way that you go about things the way that you go about things is you save your money because you never know something could happen and you didn't waste all your money on all of this name brand stuff trying to be hip and cool and with everybody else then now you're struggling and you don't have the money that you need to pay these bills you don't have an emergency fund because you went through it 
Because you just want all this name brand stuff. Remember my always told me. Her, her most big important thing was. Education is important. People can take any and everything that they want away from you. But education, they can never take away your mind. They can never take your education from you. And that is what scares people. A young black girl, knowing what she wants, knowing how to get it and knowing how to go about it because she was taught the right way. And, I, I mean, I, I just always kind of looked at my grandma and I'm like, um, okay. And she was like, she, and she always told me, you'll understand when you get older. Well, I'm older now and I understand. Motor now and I understand what my grandma used to tell me. And she used to always tell me, marriage, you have kids in your marriage. Once you actually make something of yourself and you get married, then you go ahead and have kids. My mom tells me the same thing. She was like, you have something that you're working towards. Don't get caught up on a guy and you lose everything that you just worked hard for. You can have kids, but have your kids when you're married. And she's and she's always like, I'm too young to be somebody's grandma. I'm too young to be somebody's grandma. So I need you to accomplish everything that you set out to do. Because if you put your mind to it, you can always achieve it. My grandma used to always tell me that. Both my grandma and my mom always told me, if you put your mind to something, you can achieve it. Always. My grandma used to tell me, marriage is the most important thing that you can have. You and your husband, y'all split things down 50-50. But she always told me, I don't want you to be one of these women that the guy, the man tells you, oh, hey, you don't have to work. I make enough money for us both. I don't want you to be dependent on anybody else. My mom and my grandma, again, my mom and my grandma always told me, don't be dependent on somebody else. Have your own independence. Because when if y'all ever divorce today or tomorrow and you're on your butt, basically, you don't have a college degree. You can't get a job because you never finished college. You just dropped out because you got married and your husband told you, oh, hey, honey, I'll take care of everything. You just say, uh, stay at home, mom. And it's not to spite any women that, you know, that stay at home and they take care of the kids they're the soccer moms and all of that it's just i always grew up like you have to have your own independence because if you ever get divorced you have a job you have your own money and you don't have to depend on a guy and you don't have to work check to check you have your own money you have your own degree you're working in a field that you love and it was always, you don't really have to like what you do. You have to love what you, what you do. Because if you get caught up in something that you don't like doing, then you're, not, you're definitely not going to want to go work every day. You're not going to want to wake up in the morning and go to work and do something that you don't like. So, you, do something, you find something that you love to do. I grew up... Uh, 
I don't know if anybody's like, you know, Christian. I've heard apparently Texas is the Christian state. It's Christianity and it's the Catholics and all of that. But I grew up on the Bible. I grew look here, I grew up learning the Bible. I was in church. I was it was a whole bunch of things. I learned everything I learned everything from my grandma. I'm not gonna say everything. I learned things from my mom too. But being that my um, how do I say this? My grandmother was big about education. So for and look here, if you ever had a conversation with her and you did not say a word right or you don't have the correct wordage of what you're trying to get your point across, oh she will correct you. And I used to hate it I used to hate it but I miss it because she always she taught me how to speak in a more proper I want to say way and growing up people used to tell me oh you speak very proper like my fellow classmates would be like oh you speak very proper what's wrong with you um I don't know about you. I don't know if I want to be friends with you. You speak a little too proper. I'm going to need you to have, like, a little hood and get on you. Like, yeah. Like, no, that's not how I was raised. I was raised sheltered. I was raised to never really know what show was. I was raised that you do have your independency. But I don't want you to really go into the world with, like... I want to say like one mindset that you have two completely minds two completely different mindsets. One, your independence for sure, for sure. And two, knowing that in this world you're not gonna always get what you want. You have to go out and you have to earn it. Being all, and a lot of people want to say hood and ghetto, but I want to say. Going out and basically showing your butt and being like, no, like, this is how it's going to go. No, you can do it in a more very professional way. You can do it in a way like, hey, such and such and such. I feel that I should get this because I have worked hard and I've done everything that you asked plus more. And I really do believe that, you know, deserve a raise. I go above and beyond. And you promote all of these other people. But the thing about it is they're getting all of their ideas. They're getting all of this from me. And one grandma always told me, she was like, it was always, don't believe er what everybody else tells you. My mom and my grandma used to always tell me, don't believe everything. Don't be so gullible. Don't believe everything that everybody else tells you. Which, I'm not going to lie, I, I have been a hard head. I'm a very hard-headed person. And I'm very stubborn. I don't like you telling me things. I'm not going to say I don't like you telling me things. But I don't like somebody telling me, oh, like, the sky is purple. No, I'm going to go and I'm going to find out on my own if the sky is purple. I see that the sky is blue, so where are you getting the sky is purple at? 
I'm going to go back and I'm going to fact check. If you're lying to me about something, then guess what? I'll never believe anything that you say again. And you could be telling the truth. But guess what? Being that you didn't tell me so many lies, I'm just like over it. I used to enjoy going to my grandma's house because my grandmother raised me one way. My mom raised me another. So my grandma raised me more old school and... I'm not going to say my mom didn't raise me old school, but she kind of, she raised me a lot different than, like, what my grandma raised her as. Wait, that don't make sense? That don't sound right. That don't sound right. My mom raised me, like, the way my grandma raised her, but then again, she also raised me, like, a little bit different. Like, my grandma didn't have everything that she wanted to give to her kids. My mom did, so my mom worked her butt off, and she gave me any and everything that I wanted. Which wasn't really that much. As long as my mom put food in my stomach, baby, I was perfectly content. The most that I would ask my mom for would probably be because since I was young, I've always liked making things with my hands. So it was always something arts and crafts. And every Christmas I got something, literally something that was artsy and crafty because that's the that's the only thing that I really wanted as long as I can make something with my hands I was perfectly fine and I believe I I really believe that like some kids are kind of like me like they enjoy making things and doing all of this and all of that I don't really know how to explain it but my grandma always raised me old school it was I would read the bible I wasn't allowed to watch tv for too long so well both my grandmother and my mom did it Except my grandma, I would have to at least watch an hour of Smile of a Child on TBN before I could watch anything else I wanted. And so I had a time limit. So for two hours, I got to watch whatever I wanted, cut off the TV, go and do something else. So I would, um, my grandma always had tea in the house for me so that I can have, you know, tea. So I have, like, my little teddy bears, my little dolls and all of this. And I would have a tea party with them. I was perfectly content with it. So I would have, like, a little tea party with them and everything. And then I'll go outside and I'll play. And when my grandma used to live at, she had this house. And the street that we lived on, everybody was watching out for everybody. You had not to, like, be racist, but, like, how I, it was me, my grandma, my mom. Me, my grandma, and my mom, like, we would, whenever we would go and see my grandma and stuff, my grandma would watch, like, the neighbor's house. So, across the street from her house was, like, these Hispanics. And so, if somebody came into their driveway or whatever and went up to their door or something, she would let them know. And so, if we weren't there, the Hispanics would come and they'll be like, hey, this person was in your driveway or whatever. And that's how it was. Next door, there was this sweet, sweet, sweet elderly couple. 
I think they passed. Look here, I was eight when I met. Well, I wasn't eight. I was six when I met them. But um, I was like, I was ten the last time I saw them because my grandma ended up moving. But this elderly couple, Mr. and Mrs. Fisher. I used to always love whenever I would see Mrs. Fisher outside. And it was such a beautiful marriage. Like, they were married for 60, 60 something years. I can't really remember. I think, that, I think um, Mrs. Fisher said they were 62. And I used to always enjoy, like, love looking at their relationship. And I'd be like, I want that when I grow up. Because Mr. Fisher, they had chairs. He would set their chairs outside, he'll have the newspaper. He'll have his cup of coffee. Mrs. Fisher will be sitting next to him. She'll have her cup of coffee. But she was tend to like her plants and all of that. So while she's sitting to her plants, he's watching and, you know, reading his newspaper. And then, like, they'll just sit there and they'll just talk and reminisce about, like, everything that they used to do when they were young. Talk about their kids. Like, it was so beautiful. And I remember one day, like, I would always say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Fisher. And I would say, hey. One day, Mrs. Fisher, you know, invited me into their house. And, of course, I had, I was like, please give me a moment. I'm going to go ask my grandma, can I come? She was like, oh, okay, honey, take your time. So I went and asked my grandma. My grandma said, oh, yeah, go, go right ahead. And then I went over. And I went over. As soon as I got in, I, like, knocked on the door. She told me to come in, and I came in. And Mrs. Fisher taught me how to bake. We went outside. She, like, put um, water in, like, the little thing that she was watering the plants with. And she taught me how to, like, water in. I was like, am I putting enough water? Because, like, I was just boring. And I didn't really know what to do. She was like, okay, okay, stop, stop, stop. And I'm like, okay. And, like, I would just go around and I would just do that to, like, all the little plants that she had and there were some beautiful flowers like I used to enjoy going over to her house to help her but she used to like we used to go up in there and she and we would just bake like she had already had the dough made and everything and so I would have fun like making the little cookies and I and it was so fun because like I just we used to just make like the little cookies and everything and we would pop them in the oven. Well, she would put them in the oven. And then we would go outside and me and Mrs. Fisher would just sit. Well, Mr. Fisher, he was a busybody. He was always working on something. But when I would see Mr. Fisher, I'd be like, hey, Mr. Fisher, I'd be like, hey. And so I would sit between them and I would listen to them talk about, like, the things that they they did when they were married, like, the thing, how they met and everything. And it was so amazing to just sit there and listen to somebody that was way older than me that had years of life, years of living life, to tell me. To actually take the time to tell somebody me, a young little person that, as people say, is the future of our world, everything that they've done, their mistakes, things that they've done to do better, 
And I used to always notice that the only kid that would visit them was their son. And if I remember correctly, I don't know if he still is, but he was the chief of police. So he would always come in, like, visit his parents. And I remember one day he came over and he thanked my grandma for always watching out and, you know, making sure that they were always all right. Mr. Fish, I learned, was a, um, an Army veteran. So, I mean, even though he didn't really go too much into it, but he told me about, like, his time in the armies. He was the very first Army vet that I ever met. And he was like, when he went in, he went in one way and came out another. He said, but it taught him that there is so much of more of the world than what we see. We don't understand what Army vets see when they leave. When the kids are drafted into the army and everything, they go through some things. They see some things. And I've, all, I've realized after, you know, talking to my grandmother and everything, I was like, hey, grandma. Because I told her one day when I was looking, because this was the thing. My grandma and my mom used to always tell me, you want to treat somebody the way that you want to be treated. Don't treat somebody like they're worth nothing like you're just so much better than them because you're not nobody is better than one person and she was always like and you're going to learn that you're not better than anybody you may have made better choices but you're definitely not better than anybody else everybody's made mistakes everybody's done this and everybody's done that don't go out into the world thinking that you're better I didn't realize until later on, I'm 19 now, but when I was 17, I met another army vet and he was homeless and I didn't realize that pretty much looking at it, our entire, like homeless people are mainly just our army vets. They go in one way and they come out another and because they have so, like so much of a of bad PTSD they lose their family they lose their home they lose the job that they probably got through the army and we don't treat them the way that they should be treated we look down on them and like oh well he looked like he doesn't want have a house and he doesn't want to you know get a car or whatever I remember my grandma whenever I would be with her and we would go to like her doctor's appointments if she saw somebody and she had cash on her like a homeless person she would at least give them maybe five dollars even though it wasn't that much she would at least give them something and she'll be like hey go get you get your get you something to eat or if she didn't have cash she'll go and buy them something and give it to the person and I would just remember like the people always like Thank you, thank you, God bless you and your family. And that's why I was raised. So whenever I would get like the little change that I would have, if I saw somebody that was homeless, I would at least give them something. I would always like give them a, give them something. And my mom used to always tell me like, I'm proud of you for always being a sweetheart. Never change that about yourself because that's what we need more in the world you like i gave like my five like my last five dollars to somebody um 
that was homeless and she was like that was very sweet of you and I'm like thank you but I was like I don't really think that's like as important as I don't really think that I, I feel like I didn't do enough like when I was a kid because I'm like I want to do so much more but I do have a way of changing that my mom used to like always be like <clears throat> If you don't want somebody treating me or your grandma that way, then don't treat somebody else that way. Whether it was, like, just yelling and fussing, she was like, if you don't want somebody to, like, yell or fuss at me and your grandma, don't do that to somebody else. And I'd be like, okay. I mean, I'm young and, okay. I was little. I wasn't really paying attention. Sorry, I'm just all over the place. But back to what I was saying. It was always, um... I would only have like two hours to watch TV, but then I would go outside and I would play, and then I'll come back in the house at like 4 p.m., and so then I'll watch some more TV. Then I would turn it off, but it was always, I had at least five, maybe six hours of TV time, well, of watching what I wanted to watch. And then the rest was me spent doing something else. Something that's not me sitting with my face buried in front of the TV. So that's that's how my grandma did me. And I used to always love whenever she would like set up the Christmas tree. Because she always put candy canes on there. And I would always, look here. I was always taking them. I was always stealing them candy canes. Well, we always knew that it was me. So, I mean, it wasn't really stealing, but then again, it was. And my mom told me, she was like, you can't, she was like, you've been like that way since you was like little. She was like, you used to always just take the candy canes off the tree. So, like, we would put the candy cane, like, we would put the tree up. And pretty much the whole half row is gone because you didn't stick the candy canes off the tree. She said, so me and mama got smart one one Christmas, and we put them higher up. She said, all we heard was a boom. We just all like heard like a little clatter. She said, we ran out the kitchen so fast, and what we see. I was like, what? She was like, you with a candy cane in your mouth and the tree then fell over. She said, all we could do was laugh. I was like, really? She was like, yeah, all we could do is laugh. Because you were so adamant about getting a candy cane that you didn't care if the tree fell on you. She said, so that's when my mama stopped putting the candy canes on the tree. I was like, you mean because of that one? She was like, yep. Well, dang, Grandma, you just, how you just do me like that? We ain't got to take the candy canes from me. Well, we probably did because, I mean, I was doing all of that, but I remember, like, because my mom used to work nights a lot, so I would stay with my grandma. So my grandma would bathe me. I would get dressed. I'll come, you know, running into the living room, jumping on the couch. Well, as best as I could, because I would struggle until my grandma would help me, but I would struggle. With trying to get onto the couch. Like, why didn't nobody tell us that our little legs ain't able to do that much? You know.
know, I think somebody lied to us when they was telling us, like, hey, y'all, you know, y'all taller than what y'all think. Because I was two foot nothing. Two foot nothing. And I would struggle. But me and my grandma, we would, <clears throat> she'll turn on the TV and we'll watch the TV and everything. And then um, I'll fall asleep. She'll carry, you know, me into the room and everything. And it never failed. Every, every, every morning at 12 o'clock, I would poke my grandma because my grandma was a light sleeper. So I would poke her. And, um, what was I saying? I would poke her and I would say, I want pancakes. So my grandma will fix me pancakes at 12 in the morning. I'll eat them. She'll call my mom when my mom's at work. She's like, Mom, what you doing up? And she was like, Trini want pancakes. So I'm up in here fixing them for her. She'll fix those for me. And then I will go to sleep. Then I'll wake up. And my breakfast was always cereal with bananas cut in. So, I, so it was always, and I remember the cereal like it was yesterday. It was Special K cereal. And my grandma would cut bananas in it. Then she'll give me $2.00. I go to the ice cream truck, give me an ice cream sandwich, you know. I would have a dollar in the morning because it was 10. The ice cream truck would come. I will ride on my little tricycle to the ice cream shop truck, get my $1 ice cream sandwich, drive back with chocolate all over my face, 12, go back, get my last ice cream sandwich, come back in, ice cream all over my face, my grandma cleaning me up again. And then I'll go back out, have fun, come back in at like 4, maybe 5 o'clock. Before the sun went down, got uh, bathed, got to watch whatever I wanted on TV, then went to bed at like 8 o'clock. It was always fun with my grandma. We, me, if mama didn't have to work, it would be me, mom, and grandma having a girl's day. So we would buy a whole bunch of junk food, popcorn, hot chocolate, we would get ice cream we'll get cookies like we had all the junk food no dang well we wasn't supposed to have all of that and then we will watch like old movies and i'm talking about like alfred chitchcock betty davis and joan crawford Cary grant like 1943 movies and all of that and we'll make that movie day and then we would um Watch, like, something more modern and, you know, everything. And that's what we would do. That was our entertainment. That was our fun. That's what we did together. That was our little family, little moment. My mom, me and I always had fun. It was never a time that we didn't. Um, Any time that I got to spend with my mom was fun. She told me that when I was eight, because my mom is a truck driver and a nurse, but pretty much as long as I can remember, she's always been a truck driver. She used to sneak me into her 18-wheeler and everything, like, a lot. It was always fun. And so I would sneak up in there, and I would just hide whenever we had to go certain places where they checked her truck. And then we would get on the road, and we'll stop at, like, these truck stops, and we'll try all, like, these different foods. And my mom always stayed local, so the farthest that she ever went was, like, Dallas. So we would go there, we'll stop at a truck stop, we'll eat at, like, these different little places or whatever. And we would be like, oh, we got to come back here. Like, it was, like, always so fun. 
But I remember my mom told me, uh, I believe she was doing oil at this time. And I, she said that I walked into the room and I remember very vaguely, the most that I remember is me bringing her like the Family Dollar catalog. Cause like I was, before I walked in the room, I was over there circling toys that I wanted for Christmas. I wasn't, I didn't really want anything too fancy, smancy because I mean, it, it wasn't anything. I'm, I realize now that I'm older, I'm not a very materialistic person. If you give me love and affection, I'm perfectly fine. That's it. If you give me something that you know that I will really like, then we're good. And I'm, I'm not one where, oh, you have to give me all these name brands and everything and I'll love you. No. Look, if you give me food for my favorite place to eat, if you know what my order is, then I know for sure, for sure. We're on the same page. Like, I ain't found me the one. OMG. But, um, it was like always, I don't really know how to explain it. It was always like that. But back to what I was saying. Sorry, I kind of got a little off track. But anyway, so um, it was all the time um, the oil industry kind of went down around Christmas time or whatever. And my mom said that she was in the room and she was kind of sad. And I came in and I asked her what was wrong. And she said, I'm not going to be able to give you the Christmas that I would like to give you. I'm not going to be able to give you a good Christmas. She said that I ran out the room. She thought that I was upset and I was about to cry. She said I came back in with a family dollar little catalog and I had circled all the toys that I wanted and I pointed to her like I want this toy, this toy, and this toy. She said that made her heart so whole. And I don't understand how great it was for me to like just not be upset that I just circled a family dollar family dollar toys and everything. And it was just like that. She said it wasn't Dollar General, it wasn't Walmart, it wasn't Toys R Us. Like when we still had Toys R Us, she was like, no, it was a family dollar catalog. And that blessed her heart. She said I went in my mom's room and I kind of cried. And I said, mom, this girl literally just circled these. And all all my grandma said was take my card and go go get her everything that she circled on there. She said that that's exactly what she did. And I opened them gifts and I had the biggest smile on my face and I was so excited. I was so happy and I just started playing with them. And I told her, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gave her a lot of kisses and everything. And I started going play with my toys and all of that. She said now like I, that I get older, she sees more and more that I'm a very simple kid. She said when she's talking to like a friend's daughter or whatever, or she's hearing about her friend talk about her daughter, she'd be like, I'm so happy that you're just such a uh, uh, simple kid that you're not really an expensive kid. She was like, because I mean, you children are expensive, but you're not a very expensive kid. You don't want a Bentley. You don't want a BMW. You don't want a Lexus or Mercedes. You, you're very simple. 
And my mom friend asked me, she was like, hey, Trinity, like, what kind of car do you want? I was like, I always kind of wanted, like, a convertible four-door. And she was like, they'll make those. I said, yeah, I realize that now. I was like, but as long as I have a car that's, like, four-door, it's a four-door car, and I, it can get me from point A to point B, I'm perfectly fine. If it got a sunroof on it, cool. That means that I can, you know, put it down, and I can feel the, feel the wind, the breeze in my hair. It's nothing that has to be expensive. I mean, a low, a simple SUV is perfect for me. Perfect for me. I'm happy. I'm content. As long as I can get go to where I want to go and come back home safely, I'm good. Sadly, if anybody you know listen to my recent one which was about my grandma my grandma passed when I was 15 and that was my very first heartbreak because my grandma was a lot of things to me she was my first love my first best friend she was like a lot of firsts for me so when I lost her and the thing about it was I was in my second period. I don't think I ever told my mom, but I was in my second period and my teacher kind of looked at me and I'm looking at her. I'm looking at my Spanish teacher and I'm like, what? She was like, why are you crying? And I'm like, I'm not crying. She was like, yeah, you are. So I'm wiping my face and I'm like, oh, well, I, I don't know. When, you know, went on to my next class, mine came and picked me up from school early. I was so used to my grandma always being in and out of the hospital, but popping back, bouncing back that I was so heartbroken when I saw her and I finally realized that I was never going to see my grandma again. I was never going to have my therapist and like all of this tied into one ever again. My all any secrets and all any and all secrets that I had passed with my grandma. My um and back to when I said my grandma always told me, being a young black woman, you'll understand when you're older. I now understand what my grandma meant. My fifth grade year, I had a teacher. I was upset. This guy hit me on my butt. And I was never used to that. And I was so upset because that was something that was very valuable and precious to me that I was so mad. And my teacher called me out, and she was, like, telling me to come, you know, out of class and everything. And she called me the hard in, and she called me black. I went off on the lady because, I mean, I was so pissed, and I just had to go off on somebody. But for her to do that, that really made me mad. And I told my grandma, and I begged her. Like, when I say I begged, I begged her not to tell my mom. Because I already knew what my mom was going to do. My mom was going to come up to school and act a fool, and hopefully... And wanted that teacher fired and I was like no I just got a few more months left with this lady just don't tell her I recently told my mom and she was kind of upset she was like you should have told me and I was like no because as kids we we are our parents protect us from a lot of things but we also protect our parents it's a given it's a take we do a lot of things, but we also protect our parents, especially our mothers, because we know for sure our mothers are going to go to bed. They would gladly take off somebody's head and probably and most likely sit in jail with a big old smile on their face because they protected their kid. 
I asked my coworkers, like the ones like that I know that have kids, to like tell me what they do for their kids. So one of them, she was like, I do pretty much everything for my kids. She said, I ensure that we have like mommy daughter dates. I do household things. I run them everywhere. I'm a therapist. I'm a friend, and I'm an educator. There was another one that told me, like, the ages of her kids, and she was, like, they're very self-sufficient. They know how to cook. She was, like, the oldest knows how to cook certain things, so she don't really worry about them a lot. She was, like, they go to picnics. They go to the park. They play board games. Sometimes they run and play outside, or they'll watch her and be present. She was, like, I have saved and taken them... Uh, to deals, I believe, like, two nights. She was, like, for birthdays, they always pick a theme. She was, like, her oldest had a taco party. She was, like, it was great, and she loved it. She said they started, like, a tradition for Christmas, like a bake fest where they bake a whole bunch of sweets and everything. And that kind of reminded me of, like, how my grandma and my mom did me. As a kid, like, five years old. I'm, I'm five years old. But I had a chore. My chore was I had to always take out the trash. That is what they did. My grandma used to teach me how to wash, wash and dry clothes, how much detergent you're supposed to add depending on how much clothes you put in the washer. She would teach me how to cook and everything, and my mom would do the same thing. She carried that on. My mom would teach me how to cook. My grandma would teach me how to cook. Recently, my mom was, like, too, like too tired, and she was like, I don't feel like cooking. I was like, I'll cook for you. What you want? And she was like, no. I was like, Mom, I'm going to cook. What do you want? Like, what all do you want? So we had, like, some pork steaks up in there. So I made a rice and gravy with them, some mac and cheese. And for the vegetable, it was some some cauliflower. And she was laughing. She was like, she said, you really, your grandma really did teach you how to cook. She was like, and I did too. She said, it tastes like I got in the kitchen and I cooked it myself. And I'm like, why, thank you. There was another one. And this was a guy. Like, he said, he's a rare breed. He said he gives his wife and daughter breakfast in bed. And they play like a lot of uh, festivals and events and everything. I had another one, and, like, she, like, it was funny. She was like, I'm a cool mom. She was like, I'm the nice mom and pretty chill. She was like, my kids are spoiled. I was like, so, like, how spoiled we talking, like, white chicks spoiled or, like, my spoiled? She was, like, super spoiled. Most of us told me that I do too much. Nobody has a chance to buy them anything because I had already done it. I was like, okay, so white chick spoiled. Um, okay, I'm done. I'm like, I'm so, I'm done. There was another one. She was like, her daughter's 15. Me and her are birthday twins. Like, I am so happy. I found somebody else that's a Pisces of March. That's March 19. Oh my gosh, I was so happy to learn that. But she was like, she's a toddler mom. She's a dog mom. She's a workout enthusiast. Like, she does things, but not everything is revolved around her kids, though. So, then there was another one, and she was like, 
I'm the world to my kids. Like, I give them so much love and affection. I do anything and everything for them. She was like, here, she said, I'm a mama. She was like, I didn't grow up. Although both my parents and um, I live in, I didn't have either one. So I had to hold them so close and near to my heart. And I'm just like, okay. She said she got full custody of like her nephew. Not all mothers are good mothers. Some mothers, they think that if they give their kid over to somebody else, it won't, it, it, it'll be better for them. There was another one. She said that her kids do chores around the house. She said she's taking them to, like, Arkansas, to Georgia, to North Carolina, to Tennessee. They've done amusement parks. They've done water parks. Like, they, they had so much fun. And she said when she was a kid, she watched this show, and that made her want to ensure that her kids are independent in case she's not here. My mother and my grandma always told me, I want you to be independent. I want to give you all the tools that you need for when you go out there into the world, you're not hit with something that's so unexpected. And especially have you, like, you know, knowing all of these things because we're not going to always be here. And being that we're not always going to be here, you have to learn how to do things on your own. And I also want to shout out to all of the young mothers. There are some older mothers that's like older than you and they kind of want to look down on these young teen girls that are like 15 giving birth to a kid and the kid and them are growing up together. My mom had me when she was young. But guess what? I was raised in a good childhood. My grandmother was like my was my second mom. Being that my mom had me young, we have a mother daughter, but we also have a sister uh, sister sister relationship because we were raised more as sisters than we were mother and daughter, which kind of hurt me a lot more when my grandma passed because I'm like, damn, now I have to be a kid again. Excuse me for my language, but I mean, damn, now I have to be a, a daughter again. It was so hard because I had already went through all of this with my grandma, and me and my mom were just sisters. And most, like some, some, some kids, they have a relationship with their mom where nobody else will understand it. Me and my mom's relationship, we've gotten better, but we used to always scream, like just hard down, like screaming at the top of our lungs to each other. But that is how we get our point across, how we get our feelings really out there. Screaming at each other, like screaming, I'm right, you're wrong, like yeah, 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 yeah. That's how it was. But we've gotten better, we've now gotten to a point where we could be like, hey, this, 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 and this. But that's what I was saying. Young mothers, some people look down on the young girls that's 16 with the kid, but you don't know what that kid went through, what somebody did to this kid. As to why she's a mother, I had this classmate, and not to like disrespect anybody, but I had this classmate, and her uncle raped her. And she told the class, she was like, I'm thankful for my son. Like, we're in eighth grade. We are eighth graders. We're 14. 14, yeah, we're 14. And she said, I'm not grateful for how I got my son. But I'm grateful for my son because he's my reason for living every day. After what my uncle did to me, I wanted to, like, just end it all. But my son gives me hope. 
when he finally comes out, his smile, just seeing him smile will make me smile, make me feel whole again. Our mothers are our first friend. For boys, first love. They're our first teacher. They're our, our first everything. I mean, I know that when I was younger, I used to always sleep with my mom. They're also that. They're also your first companion. But that's enough about this. Love all of you. Have fun, moms. Like I was saying before, I grew up learning that if you put your mind to it, you can always achieve it. Well, I said at eight years old, I was going to be a doctor. I may have always changed the profession, but it was always I'm going to be a doctor. And my mom told me when I was eight, if you're going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a nurse. And my mom went and got her nursing degree. And she's a nurse. Because her thing was, if I go and do it, then you have no reason to say why you can't. And she said, Mama told you that I was going to be a nurse. So there's no reason why you can't be a doctor. How I came to the conclusion that I want to be a doctor was me, me, mom, and grandma went to the doctor's appointment that grandma had scheduled. And the thing that amazed me was that it was a, a female doctor. A female doctor. Like, I've always seen, like, the men, and I've seen, you know, nurses, like the female nurses, but never a female doctor. I was so amazed with it that I was like... Oh my gosh, like, this, is is this what, is this really what I'm seeing? And so the lady, you know, she came in, she was like, I'm Dr. Such and Such. And so I'm just kind of looking at her and she was like, okay, so today we're going to give you an ultrasound, Miss Pre-Jean. And I looked at my grandma and I was like, Grandma, you pregnant. Like, I tilted my head and I was like, Grandma, you pregnant. She busts out laughing. My mama busts out laughing. And the doctor busts out laughing. And I'm literally sitting there and I'm like, No, don't laugh at me. I'm serious. Is my grandma pregnant, doctor? Is she pregnant? Is there another kid up in there? I went and I poked my grandma's stomach and I was like, No, you don't come out. It's me. I'm the baby. You cannot come out. Look yeah, I was I, I was having some I was having some issues as a kid. But the doctor so once they stopped laughing, my grandma was like, No, I'm not pregnant. And I was like, You sure? Cause this lady talked about ultrasound and um She was like, No. So the doctor she was like, No, sweetheart. The ultrasound is to ensure that your grandma doesn't have any tumors. There's nothing that we need to be worried about, that she's perfectly healthy. I was like, oh, okay. So the woman, she was like, how about you help me? I Look at, I quickly got up off that chair and I went to her and I was like, oh, oh, what can I do? Can I do this? Can I rub this on her stomach? She was like, no, because I don't, I don't want the imaging to be messed up. I was like, okay. So she brought me to the ultrasound machine and she was like, this is the machine. What I want you to do is take pictures. I was like, okay. So she showed me which buttons to press 
so that the pictures can be taken. And it was so amazing. Like, I loved it. I loved it so much. So she, she showed me what buttons to press on so that I could take the pictures of my grandma's stomach. After we were done, she was like, okay, Miss Pre-Jean, you're good to go. Everything looks good. You're perfectly fine. You're, still he- you're perfectly healthy and everything. And so we're leaving. The doctor came and she said, wait, when we're leaving out. And she bent down to my level. She had a bag of M&Ms in her hand. And she handed them to me. And she asked me, she was like, what do you want to be when you get older? And I looked at her. Like, I took, like, a really good look at this woman. And this woman was like, so? And I was like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be just like you. And, like, I kind of poked her chest. And then I put my hand back, and I was like, sorry. And she just, she broke out into the biggest grin. And she took me in her arms, and she hugged me. And then she booped my she booped my nose and she said, "Sweetheart, that is the best thing that I've heard all day." And I was like, "Really?" She was like, "Yeah." She was like, "That's a amazing, beautiful career." She was like, "But what made you want to be a doctor?" I was like, "Because I see how the doctors always take care of me, my mom and my grandma." And I want to do that. I want to be able to take care of other people the way that everybody takes care of us. I want to be like you. I've never seen a woman that was a doctor, so I want to be just like you. She was like, she and she was kind of tearing, like, uh, like teary-eyed, and she was like, "Well, sweetie, if I'm still alive, because I mean, she wasn't. She could have been. She could have been no more in her fifties." But she was like, if I'm still alive, I would let I would love for you to come work for me. And I was like, okay. She was like, but that's an amazing career. She was like, but don't be like me. And I was like, why not? She was like, be better than me, sweetie. She was like, because I've not always done things that was always right. She was like, so if you want to be a doctor, you be the best doctor that you can be. You be a doctor that everybody wants and everybody can talk about. I was like, okay. She was like, you be the best. No matter how hard your day is, always put a smile on somebody's face. And I was like, okay. Then she, you know, let us go ahead and we went on home and everything. I had the biggest smile on my face and I told grandma. I, was, I told my grandma and my mom. I was like, guess what? They was like, what? I'm going to be a doctor. And they were like, they just kind of smiled and they was like, well, you do any and everything that you do what you put your mind to. I believe that you'll be an amazing doctor, a fantastic doctor, because you always take care. You're always taking care of somebody. You're always helping somebody out. And like I said before, my mom told me, if you want to be a doctor, I'm going to be a nurse so that you can't say that you can't. Because mama went back to school and she became a nurse. So you have no excuse not to be a doctor. Out of the years, I've always changed. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a general surgeon. Uh, not a general surgeon. A general um, practitioner, if I remember correctly. But I settled on pediatrics. Because I realized, um, and my grandma and my mom realized, 
I'm I have such a love at love for kids and I have a, such a patience for kids and everything that is 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 beautiful. Now, let's talk about the time that I thought I could talk back to my grandma. I was eight years old, and me and my grandma were fussing about something. And I always knew my limits whenever I would talk, when I was, like, trying to get a point across or whatever. Look here, I went too far. I realized I went too far when my grandma told me to pick a switch off the tree. She had, a, she had a tree that she had cut in front of her window. There was number sticks left. All I can hear is my mom in the living room laughing, and I'm yelling. I'm like, Mama, help me. She was like, nah, you decide to talk back to your grandma. Now you got to face consequences. And she laughing. Y'all, I don't know what possessed me to go get the smallest stick off the tree, but I went and got the smallest stick off the tree. Why? Why did I not get that big one I was looking at? Why? Because my grandma sent me back out there five more times. Got a rubber band, wrapped them, wrap, wrap, tied them together. Told me to drop my pants. Oh, baby, I died. Oh, my gosh. I was like, never again will I be doing this. And never again did I do that. I never did it again. Out of all the eight years, well, I mean, I was a baby, but out of the times that I had been with my grandma, my grandma never once hit me. Well, I'm not going to say hit me, but my grandma never once, like, it was always, Trini, don't do this, Trini, don't do that. Never once had my grandma ever actually whooped me. So, guess what? That was a rude awakening for me. Never again will I go against my grandma. I, uh, mm -mm. I don't want sticks on my tush no more. Forget it. Everybody else can do that. Everybody else can do that. Forget it. Forget it. And growing up, it was always, you always respect your elders. You never talk back to your elders. You always, even if it's an older cousin, you never walk up to them and you be like, oh, hey, Karen. No, you say, hey, Aunt Karen, because they're older than you. You always say, hey, Uncle Kirk, you that 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 is what you say. You don't just walk up to a family member and you be like, "Oh, hey, Karen," because that's disrespecting your elder. It doesn't matter if they're your cousin. That is the respectful way to greet your cousin. That is how you respect them. And we're gonna go back to me saying I'm not I'm spoiled, but I'm spoiled to an extent. I understand the meaning of the word no. A lot of people, whenever they found out that I was an only child, they always used to say, "Oh my gosh, you're just so spoiled." And I'm like, I am, but it's to an extent. And they're like, "Okay, what does what, what is that supposed to mean? Spoiled is spoiled." No, spoiled is not spoiled. My spoiled, I get told no when I can't have anything. Okay. Guess what? I have to like just suck it up and be like, okay. Guess I'm not getting it then. Cause at a young age, whenever me and my grandma went into a store, if it wasn't on her list, then I wasn't getting it. And the thing that was always on her list, because as a kid, if you ever remember like those uh, animal cookie boxes that had like the little shoestring, and when you opened it, it had like the little bag in it or whatever. 
that is what that's what my grandma knew that I always wanted. So she always picked that up and she had a whole cabinet full of nothing but those for me. So every night before bed, she would let me have a you know, a box of that. That was my sweet for the day. If I didn't go to the ice cream truck because she would tell me no, then that is what my little sweet for the day would be. My little animal cookies. And I wasn't tripping about it. I remember one time I actually went into a store and I was like, Grandma, I want this. And she told me no. I'm not going to lie. I did decide that I wanted to have a temper tantrum. She popped me and she said, now you have something to cry about. Now shut up. And I just kind of looked at her like, how you just hit me? And I'm just crying. Like, how you just hit me and then tell me to shut up? Like, now I have something to cry about. And then you tell me to shut up. What is wrong with you, lady? But that's how it is. Like, if you have a, like, a real live actual mom, then they're going to pop you and say, this is something for you to cry about. Now be quiet. Or they'll look at you, and while you're crying, they just look at you, and then they ask you, you done? You done yet? And you, all you can do is go, <laughs> yes, well, I'm done. I'm done now. And that's all you can really do. That's, that's literally all you, that's all you can really do. And then the next time you go into the store, you ain't going to try again. Something that's deviate, not you're not going to deviate, deviate from what was on that list because then that means you don't get a pop and then you don't get embarrassed in front of the entire store. I'm just saying, my mama used to tell me that whenever her and um, my uncles used to go into a store, my grandma always told them, If wherever you embarrass me, I embarrass you. Yeah, I learned that. My mom embarrassed me in front of the store. She embarrassed me in front of my third grade class because I got in trouble and she whooped me in front of my entire third grade class. Like, that was traumatic for me. Traumatic. Like, when I say traumatic, it was traumatic for me. I never did. I never acted up again because I never wanted to get my butt whooped in front of my entire class again. My grandma, she embarrassed me in front of that store. So I never went back into the store and acted the way that I did. Which meant. I didn't get in trouble. I didn't get in trouble in most stores. I'm not going to say growing up that I was the perfect child because, I mean, I got in trouble. I got in trouble a lot. Because it was always, it felt like somebody who had that authority over you, like teachers, they have an authority over you. They They have the power to pass you or fail you. And they'll, some teachers will use that against you and they'll mess with you. And... I was always told, always tell the truth and never let somebody walk over you. It doesn't matter who the person is. Never let somebody just talk crazy to you and not say anything back. Like stick up for yourself. And let's just say I was, I was sticking up to a lot of teachers, but I had my reasons to because the teachers, it was like, they will always pick on me. And, but I mean, I feel every kid feels out like that. A teacher is picking on them, and when they stand up for themselves, then the teacher want to call your parents, and then they want to make it seem like they didn't do anything at all. When that's not even what it was, you picked on me, and I stood up for myself, and yet I'm the one that's in trouble, but you're the one that's using your power against me for bad. 
that, that that's not going to happen. It it's it's just not. And like I said before, moms are your first everything. My mom was literally my first teacher and everything. My mom has taught me how to drive. Um, look, yeah, I don't know how roller skates saved my life, but that's why my mom taught my mom taught me how to ride a bike. She was there with me when I, um, you know, lost all my teeth and everything. Used to think the fairy godmother was real. Every time I found $5 under my pillow after a tooth, I used to think that she was real. Until I, until I got older and I was like eight, nine, eight or nine. And I found one my tooth, my little baby tooth in the trash can. And I told my mom, I was like, Mama, why is my tooth in the trash can? I thought the fairy, mother, fairy godmother came. The tooth, not the fairy godmother, the tooth fairy came. She was like, girl, I've been putting money under your pillow since she was little. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I don't think she would have gave me $5 and everything. Enough <laughs> with about my business. I mean, that's how it was. It, I'd rather you tell me the truth than lie to me. Because, I mean, why, 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 why would you lie to a kid? But that is my story for today. All of you moms, again, I say love you. Thank you. If your kid doesn't tell you thank you, I say thank you. Because growing, like as I'm getting older and everything, I realize our parents don't always have the answers. Our parents don't always have everything. So, thanks. Love you all. <laughs>